And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. It's Saturday night. I'm Cape Joel. I'm here with my co-host Matt. And you know what, Matt? I'm actually more Cape Joel than I've ever been before. I don't know if you noticed this, but on the channel, I, I took some advice. I had a whole channel audit the last two weeks and I actually mm -hmm. did something that I've thought about doing forever and that is I actually removed the hyphen from Cape Joel so I'm no longer <laughs> Cape hyphen Joel I'm just Cape Joel I am like Goku shedding my weighted clothing <laughs> hopefully to achieve new levels of power <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> I, I only put the hyphen in there as like a too clever little wink and nod to Spider-Man and Ant-Man, who we will be talking about later in the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if enough people got that, that that's why I had the hyphen in there. And I never once thought that it might actually hurt my searchability. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even when I tagged my own shit, I didn't tag it as Kate Joel. Oh, really? Yes, I didn't tag it as Cape hyphen Joel. I just put it as Cape Joel. Two words, never one word. Though on Twitter and everything else, it kind of forces you to be one word. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I know you're like a fortress underscore of solitude on some places, probably because you couldn't get the main one. Does, you, yeah. Have you noticed, has that hurt your searchability? Or do most people yeah. just know where to find you? Most people know where to find me, yeah. Again, all the all the troubles and ins and outs, everyone, of this YouTube life. I've also apparently been told to remove, uh, what is it, my little five-second uh, animation thing at the start, because they say a lot of people actually do tune out after five seconds. That's how bad attention spans are on really? YouTube. Really? Five seconds? Jesus Christ. I know, right? Because that used to be back when you and I started. That was the mark of a good professional show because it's like, oh, they actually paid or they worked hard and they got a five-second graphic. Look at them. Yeah, it, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I know, YouTube is so weird now. And I did some of these things and I changed some of my tags around and uh, that uh, Batman White Knight video I did, the finale, got 200 more views than normal. And I know more people were seeing it because I saw new commenters I had never seen before. Yeah, right, okay. New commenters with some truly terrible takes, and I can say that because this show is only for the real hardcore OG fans, because <laughs> we gotta upload clips now, and I'm not gonna upload this part. Yeah, yeah. So I can talk all sorts of mad shit on all these new people. Thank you for finding my videos. Thank you for commenting with your terrible takes. <laughs> I'm really I'm really feeling the channel growth. It's not just the same handful of people who I always know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. How about you, Matt? How's your week been? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Just been uh, trying to catch up on some videos and stuff. And yeah, plan, plan. it was a light week, so it's a good it, it's uh, been chance the, to do so. Last couple of weeks have been light. I think this coming week is when it starts to sort of pile on a little bit more. But yeah, it's, ah, it's been yeah. good. It's been good. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm catching up on everything. I got my Sins of Sinister in. I'm now officially all caught up on that. Oh, nice. I got to see a movie. I got to see the Ant-Man, and we'll be talking about Ant-Man later on in the show, so be sure to stick around for that, everyone. Yeah. But uh, before anything, I guess we'll get to the news, and there actually was a fair amount of news this last week. There was, there was. Of course, we used to do this show Sunday night, and Super Bowl Sunday was this past week, and it's the only time I've ever actually felt a little bit like, uh, like a little jealous. We're like, oh man, I wish we still did Sunday, because when they did that, we were always usually the first to hop on live yeah. and talk about all the trailers, and there was quite a few big Super Bowl trailers this year. There was really big ones. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, we're a comic book show first and foremost. So the ones that we were most interested in were Flashpoint and Guardians Three. Let's let's start with Flashpoint. This this deeply deeply cursed movie that we thought would never see the light of day. This movie that they somehow managed to make nine seasons of a Flash TV show before we even saw the first trailer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> It really, really is. We we joked in a past episode where we're like, man, you know, with everything Ezra Miller's been up to, this this one person crime wave embarrassing themselves and embarrassing the production. What what is the trailer even going to look like at this point? And I think you and I joked, oh, they're going to have Keaton Batman front and center. They're going to showcase the new Superwoman above everything else. I bet that's what they're going to do. And uh, I feel quite vindicated. Yeah, yeah, it, it was obvious they were going to do that because they even did started doing that in like uh like the posters that we got received like that first mm-hmm. poster it's like oh you couldn't mm-hmm. see ezra miller you could see the flash couldn't mm-hmm. see ezra miller we could see like the batman stuff and all that sort of stuff is all oh, look at that stuff don't look at ezra miller and his crime wave across hawaii <laughs> <laughs> there is such such an air of like please please for the love of god we got michael keaton back we put him in the costume we we recreated all these scenes you like from the flashpoint comic or probably animated movie because most of you probably don't read comics or it seen this week we recreate we got a new superwoman she's so fun isn't it nice to have a superwoman on the big screen who's not like that other supergirl movie that everyone forgets about yeah yeah <laughs> we, we we got affleck back you like him right we got michael shannon back you you like him right and oh yeah the flash is in here too somewhere yeah it is his story isn't very important yeah you don't need to worry about no. it not not just the flash we got double the flash so hey if knowing what you know now about ezra miller makes you feel uncomfortable don't worry we got double the miller into your <laughs> fucking eye hole maybe even four maybe even three you know maybe we'll probably see more <laughs> be any this this really like is one of those things where i'm like ah so this is why you couldn't just recast miller this isn't why you could just completely move stuff around because if you did you would literally have to reshoot double because they're playing two parts yep yep which uh which hey i'm sure you noticed this too matt because you know you you and i were we're eagle-eyed individuals there one of the flashes is draped in yellow and i'm like oh are they spoiling that already in the trailer that one of these flashes is going to turn out to be reverse flash i don't think it's i think toys spoiled it but it's not reverse flash it's something called dark flash and it's just weird fucking uh oc character they made for the movie where it's just like a flash that has like a costume that's black and like that's it why why couldn't they just have reverse flash like from the story oh, it's, it's was, too easy too easy because because they have to be different that's why because yeah. this is still technically the old dc universe uh kt helping us out in the chat thank you as always kt my 60 something parents were sold on keaton so it's working on the casual audience as i always yeah. thought it would yeah yeah as I always thought it would, and you know, there was a moment there where I was kind of unsure, where it's like, okay, they're putting Keaton front and set in here, they got the old theme music, we got a costume that actually has some grain, you know, is is this going to work? Because, you know, we've kind of seen the worm turn the other way now in the public discourse, and by public discourse, I of course mean Twitter, <laughs> where people are like, oh, you know, actually that last Spider-Man movie was the worst one, because there was three different Spider-People, and actually those Star Wars were bad, because Indiana Jones was in it that's why 
So I wondered, were people going to have the same take on Keaton? And the answer is no. No, no they no. didn't, because people do actually genuinely like that stuff. And, you know, call it low-hanging fruit, call it lowest common denominator if you want. It works. Yeah, it does. It really does. And that, that, and that's the thing. People need to realize that, like, there's a world outside of Twitter. Absolutely. And hey, don't get me wrong. I'm a nerd. I wore out that 89 Batman VHS until it didn't work anymore. I loved seeing Keaton again on the big screen. I love that he's getting stand-in ovations mm. and his flowers. I love that he smiled directly into the camera because, yeah, it's a happy moment. It is, yeah. <laughs> also, how fucking cool is that to just have Batman be smiling? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. He had the smile of a man who's like, I'm here to save this whole fucking movie right now by myself. <laughs> Get behind me, kid. I'll show you how it's done. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the story, now that we officially have a better look at what it is, is Barry does the classic Barry thing of trying to save his mother, mm -hmm. fucking up everything, and not only creating Flashpoint, but creating a world where no other metahumans exist, and Zod from the first Superman movie actually conquered Earth. Yeah, because there was no Superman to break his neck. Yeah, no Superman to break his neck. See, that's the real problem right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks cool. I probably would enjoy it way more if I didn't know about all the horrible things that Miller is accused of doing and that we saw them doing on camera. Mm -hmm. And the fact that even if that stuff wasn't true, the fact of the matter is, oh, the main star of this movie was literally having a mental drug-induced breakdown on screen. And, like, it shows in their performance, because I, like, some of the takes they have in those trailers, some of Miller's line reads where I'm like, oh, that was probably the best one before they had to run from the police. Yeah, it sounds very, uh, like, well, you compare, like, what he sounds like in this trailer to, like, like Justice League. And in, in that movie, he was very ADHD, you know, mm -hmm. bouncing around the room. Un, very not, much not, so, yeah. not like Barry Allen at all. Um, and here he's just like very like monotone. Which, and just which like I guess reserved. Is, which I guess is just kind of the curse of that era of DC films where they, yeah, they were, they all felt different because everyone had their own idea. There mm -hmm. was no, you know, overarching, you know, hand mm -hmm. guiding any of it. So yeah, they do feel, you know, kind of schizophrenic and unfocused. And, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't help the fact that, like we said, having a leading person who was going through, you know, a drug-induced crime-fueled breakdown during this. Maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe, as KT said, you know, they, they got all the right people with the nostalgia. Maybe Keaton will be enough to carry it. They certainly seem to think that it will be. Yeah, they do. They, they're betting big on that, and which is why, like, Barry is barely in the trailer. <laughs> is barely in the thing, which, you know, I knew the Keaton thing would be a big draw. I knew that the new Supergirl stuff would be a big draw. I knew even the Flashpoint stuff would be a big draw because that's, like, shockingly a nostalgic story now. Either you were a fan of the comic, uh, grew up with the animated movie, or you watched the TV version at this point, so it is actually, like, you know, a market-tested name that people trust mm -hmm. and everything. The thing that I thought people would hold against it is the fact where it's like, well, do I even need to see this anymore? Because James Gunn has already told us about yeah. the next generation of DC movies and everyone's getting recast anyway, and I should be excited for that. Why Why am I even going to see this one? Now, obviously, Gunn said himself, or it's like, no, 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 you do need to see this one because this is the one that resets everything. So you got to see it to be in the know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Though you literally just told me so. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I, I don't know. Again, it, it looks good. It looks interesting enough. It looks like they're doing enough different. And it looks like that, you know, they have other things going on. So I can ignore Miller or at least try to ignore Miller. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how, like, because like, oh, obviously they they've did they did reshoots while he was apparently on the run from the police. Yes, so, yes they which did. Which means they, they were still editing the movie. So it'll be interesting to see how can you tell yeah not just that but like how much is like okay how much can we like get away with with not having our star in this film yeah i'm especially because they're playing two roles yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't believe this movie will reboot the universe tab yet we know it james gunn yeah. told us that to our face yeah he, he said that it will <laughs> he, he spoke into the camera and he said the words yeah say the words say it <laughs> Again, it's going to be really fascinating, too, to see if uh, Miller can get themselves out of rehab and everything or out of, you know, psych treatment or wherever they've sequestered uh, them away. Because, man, are they going to actually have to promote the movie? Are they going to actually be on the night show circuit? Oof. Because that's the other thing, too. Yeah. Gun and everyone else in interviews and everything else has continued to rock with Miller against all odds. And again... A lot of that is legal stuff. A lot of that is, you know, the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, because Miller entered treatment, they cannot legally fire them, which means that they're kind of stuck with them. And also maybe they're worried where it's like, oh, you know, they could turn it around. Maybe maybe it is a medication issue. Maybe it is like a real deep-seated mental thing. Mm. Maybe they can cry on all the proper nighttime talk shows. You know, people, people have turned it around from less, you know? That, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they're like, I'm sure, too, you know, they're worried about the optics where it's like, you know, okay, I'm James Gunn. You know, I'm in here. It's my first big, you know, at bat. It's my first time at the show. You know, what am I going to do? Oh, I fired one of the few queer non-binary leading people in Hollywood while they were dealing with a mental breakdown. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Yeah, because if Miller turned it around from that, then you look like the bad guy and you look like the asshole. Now, that being said, I've listened to Miller's ravings. I've seen them assault that woman on the street and everything there. Even even if it is a drug issue, even if it is like a mental illness issue, in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Mm, it feels like there's an underlying theme of asshole to these actions. I'm not going to lie. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like, again, like, I, you know, know people who are chemically imbalanced, people who have struggled with drug addiction and everything, and, you know, a lot of the time, you know, it is just them trying to serve their own sickness, but some of this stuff is like, mm, feels like you wanted to do some of that, <laughs> is all I'm saying, not to make too much of a judgment call, just saying, feels like you were into what you were doing there, you know, I'm, I'm God and the devil, I, I am the real Flash. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. If I was a movie studio head, I'd be like, no, 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 no. They're they're making our movie and our intellectual property part of their delusions. No, 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 no. <laughs> None of that now. <laughs> no. But yeah. Uh, what do we think of the suit, too? Because we finally got to see, like, the new suit in action. It looks so much better when they don't run fucking yellow LEDs through it. Like, when there's, there's a couple of shots there where he's just standing in the suit. And mm-hmm. it looks great because it doesn't have the fucking lines all up it and everything. Agree. Big agree. Likewise, Keaton stuff looks great. They got more of the oh. throwback suit, and then they got, like, more of a gray-tinged one that he's clearly going to have for the bigger action scenes. I like it. Well, the gray-tinged one, I think, is Affleck. There's Affleck in the trailer, oh. and he's got the gray and blue uh, cowl ah. on, which looks amazing. 
Ah, see, I didn't even clock that. That's nice, though, that, you know, before Affleck's time is done, he got to actually wear the gray and blues. He, he got to play, like, yeah, like a proper Batman. That's nice, if nothing else. That's, you know, a little, you know, here's here's your consolation prize. Sorry things didn't work out. <laughs> Sorry you ended up going back to rehab yourself because of this. Wish things could have been different. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, maybe maybe we'll get you on the flip flop like Jason Momoa. Well, I think didn't they didn't they want him to uh, direct a film or like like there was like rumors they did of like originally him, yeah him wanting to like well I think James Gunn even talked about like maybe having him either like direct a film or like be involved in some sort of production side of stuff. Yeah, I feel like people forget that, that, you know, around the time Affleck got cast as Batman originally, he was having a career renaissance, not even so much for his acting ability, but because of his directing stuff, because of Argo and Gone Girl and all that other stuff. Yeah, well, he did do a movie while he was Batman. He did, do, I can't remember what it was called, but apparently it, like, tanked hard because it was oh, really it was, good. Wasn't it about, like, cards or gambling or something? Yeah, he was, like, some mob boss or something. Yeah, it, yes. it, it didn't, it, like didn't do very well and i think that was like because that was warner brothers as well i think that was like partly the reason why they're like yeah maybe you don't direct a, a batman yeah, and, film. <laughs> which is why he probably doubled down on batman because it's like uh oh i need a good uh what is it a good franchise paycheck now mm -hmm. because my passion project tank because i know he was trying to make that movie forever and yeah. it was one of those really sad cases of like oh here's a passion project that didn't really work yeah yeah. Yeah, you, you hate to see it and Hollywood is just littered with them unfortunately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that wasn't the only trailer we had either. We also had yet another look at Guardians 3. Yeah, and it looks great. It does more excellent soundtrack needle drops, a much better look at High Evolutionary as the villain. And man, you, you got to take it off to Gunn as a director for really managing to, you know, tr uh, you know, really managing to communicate to the audience what kind of villain we're dealing with. Ronan, he's space Osama bin Laden. He's a religious zealot. Ego, he's a deadbeat dad who only rolls back into your life when he wants something. <laughs> and now with High Evolutionary, he a bad man who tortured the cute animals. <laughs> Also, that whole line there, you know, uh, Rocket has being like, oh, he hates anything that doesn't fit his own personal order. I'm like, ah, yes, reestablishing the Guardians as the rowdy rebels of the Marvel Universe, too. Yes, yes. Fighting the, you know, uh, more oppressive evil of High Evolutionary who has his own planet and everything. And I'm like, ah, that's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. I like it. More good needle drops there. More more of them continuing to push the feeling too that one or more guardians might not make it out of this one alive yeah well i don't know whether anyone is going to die but i think it's it's more sort of hitting home the fact that this is it for the team like yeah. this in this iteration of the team this incarnation this era which yeah no doubt about it but the trailers to me seem to loudly be shouting that Rocket isn't going to be making it out of this because mm. we see in every trailer, you know, we see uh, Star-Lord screaming and there's a bunch of medical tubes around and everything. And the very sad, you know, piece of dialogue that permeates all the trailers, Rocket saying, you know, we'll fly away together one mm. last time, which really sounds like a death speech, doesn't it? It, it does, yeah, yeah. It sounds so much like a death speech, but then I'm like, man, would they really do that? Would they really kill one of their most marketable character? A fan favorite character? Would they kill the cute uh, friggin' raccoon? That would be a hell of a way for James Gunn to leave Marvel, be like, kill off yeah. Rocket Raccoon and then leave. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm off to literally go run the competition. Bye. <laughs> that would be something. Uh, 
Nebula looks like she's going to have way more to do in this one, which I really appreciate because, you know, Nebula has only gotten better and better with every movie. She has. Yeah, yeah. She she looks like she's finally getting some meat to her role as, well, I, again, she's like an actual guardian now. So, yeah. So, so she's not just like a hanger on her. Yeah, she's had one of the best arcs from straight up villain to anti-hero to now member of the team trading barbs and actually doing jokes and everything. Yeah, it's great. And her actress is just amazing. Her actress just kills it every time. Yeah, Karen Gillan is great. Yeah, Karen Gillan actually getting to bring some of that manic Karen Gillan energy to the role because you see her in interviews and it's like, oh, you are literally a manic pixie come to life. And then you see Nebula and her whole thing is like, I'm stoic and have no emotions, which in a universe where everyone is colorful and funny actually kind of makes me funny too. (laughs) But here she's actually getting to joke with the rest of them. We get a bigger Groot, Drax is Drax, you know, Batista, who just always looks like he's having a ball. Having a ball, but like in interviews recently, he's been like, was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm glad I'm out as Drax. Yeah, yeah he looks like he looks like he's ready to jump ship. He really does. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he got a, he, he's, he's been getting a taste of like, oh, I can do some Real proper acting in like Dune and Glass Onion and, and all that sort of Blade Runner. So he's like, I want to do more of that. Which More power Which is, to him. Do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, you, you did Three Guardians and you did uh, the Holiday Special. That's cool, man. I yeah. get it. You you always wanted to be an actor and you actually put in the work and you are actually getting the acclaim now. Yeah. He is honestly the best actor, to, like wrestler turned actor mm-hmm. out of like the, the bunch that have done it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I would say him and, like, John Cena are pretty close. Cena's but getting yeah. there, yeah, yeah. Cena is definitely getting it. Cena came out the gate and surprised everyone <laughs> with his complexity with, like, Peacemaker and everything, where Batista worked at it over many films. Obviously, Batista now has the better, like, body of work. Yeah. But Cena, Cena's coming for that. In fact, we'll be talking more about Peacemaker later when we talk about the news. Yeah. But yeah, so there's your Super Bowl trailer talk, everyone. I would say two pretty solid trailers. Yeah, it was pretty good. There were some other trailers. Like, did you see the Fast and Furious trailer? Uh, yes, I did, actually. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not even really a Fast and the Furious fan, but fuck yeah, I watch all the trailers. I love how goddamn insane they are, and Fast X did not disappoint. It looks great, but then as everyone else pointed out, like, I, d- I don't know, like, whether it's just, like, because there was like drama on the set and everything with Vin oh, Diesel, of course. Yes. But I want, but like, did Jason Momoa like film all his scenes like on a green screen? It sure felt that way. <laughs> yeah, like because it never felt like they were in the same room together. And it's like, well, is that just s- Vin Diesel being like a petty bitch? <laughs> well, you see, Jason, Damien, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, is is an ethereal being who is able to move through time and space. That is why he was actually there all along in the Fast universe. You just didn't see him. Yeah, God, I hate when they do that in those. But I, I hate it, but I absolutely love it because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I, I said this. I'm like, you motherfucker. All right, you know what? Sure, because because it's total comic book bullshit. Yeah, is what yeah. it is. That it's one car they you know. they they flipped in like four issues back. It had, like, the new villain in it, and, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like when Superman holds up the car in the first action comics, who, who's that guy who was doing this? He was there all along, you see. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Johns actually wrote a story about that car. <laughs> of, of course he did. Of course he did, because that's <laughs> it was great. Book. It was a great story. <laughs> yeah, because when you build the lore and you build the universe, you know, you got to explain the freaking, you know, backstory <laughs> of every single tree branch. Yeah. Which... Which, goddamn, again, Diesel himself, apparently Diesel 
for the trailer had like a special premiere in Hollywood just to show off the trailer and it was a packed house and he showed it and he talked to the crowd and he said something akin to, and and I'm not even like paraphrasing that much. was like, I now understand, you know, uh, the trials and tribulations of J.R. Tolkien and why, and, and why he stopped, you know, working when he did because the weight of legacy and, you know, and lore is, is a lot to handle. (laughs) Yes. I, (laughs) I am the modern day Tolkien. Don Toretto is the modern day Tolkien. Suck it. It's great. It's great. And yeah, like you said, you know, like all the drama behind the scenes on these movies, it's honestly a miracle that they ever make any. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, that the was like, well, like Vin probably like apparently wasn't working or like like he was like out of shape and just didn't give a fuck, and because he's like <laughs> the star, they they had to change directors. Uh, it's the whole fucking thing, yeah. Yes, yeah, because Justin Lin started doing some of this and then he had to drop yeah. out, so now it's Louis Latarier. Yeah, the guy who did uh, Incredible Hulk. And Unleashed, and a lot mm-hmm. of other movies I like. Louis Latarier makes two types of movies. Either movies that are totally fucking baller and I love, mm-hmm. or movies that are total dog shit, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, Mo- oh, th- those movies are like, ah, he came on last minute and got it done under budget. <laughs> That also happens because he is one of Hollywood's most famous mercenaries, you know, do it cheap, do it quick and get it out for, you know, July 4th weekend. Yeah. Like, like I heard an insane story too, like the higher ups, because obviously, you know, this is like one of the biggest franchises for the studio. Mm -hmm. So they like gave him crazy demands where it's like, look, you got to rewrite this third act before your plane lands. (laughs) Fuck. Which, which honestly, that sounds like a Fast and the Furious fucking action scene right there. Yeah. Like, okay, the plane is going down. You got to fix the car and make it ready to go by the time it lands. <laughs> and also, Louis Leterrier is there on the plane rewriting the script while it's happening. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that shit's wild. Uh, we got another look at Indiana Jones there, Dial of Destiny. Looks good. I'm not used to being excited about Indiana Jones again. Yeah, it looks good. The de-aging tech looks amazing. It really fucking is. They put Harrison Ford into that goddamn Fountain of Youth 2.0 and it's working. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. It's working. And also, I just love the idea of getting to see young indie punch fucking Nazis again in a time when it is not only more topical, but more gratifying than ever. Yeah, I just I just wish Indiana Jones didn't get political, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, all, all that religion and that time that he actually met Hitler and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't bring religion and politics into it, you know? <laughs> in, into Indiana fucking Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Here's uh here's my question. Will we actually get to see uh, adult short round in a cameo? I don't know. I don't know. That that feels like a post credit stinger because you know that guy's fucking killing it all over the place yeah. now. You know what I learned this week about that guy? What? He was a stunt coordinator on the first X Men film. No, really? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking well. I-, I learned a crazy thing because obviously he was in the Goonies, right? Mm-hmm. The fat kid from Goonies went on to become like an actually pretty successful high-powered entertainment lawyer mm-hmm. he is now that guy's entertainment yeah. lawyer yeah yeah that's fucking great goonies never say die goonies stick together <laughs> even into their 50s i love it <laughs> love it so much oh and man and him on the red carpet there meeting with spielberg again like oh how beautiful was that that's uh, great it's great uh, you, you love a good Hollywood comeback story. Between him and Brendan Fraser, it's been an amazing year for comebacks. Yeah, we got to get them two in a movie together. Yes, it would be the ultimate feel-good movie. We'll, we'll resurrect the buddy cop genre just for them. No uh, one's doing yes. buddy cop movies. Yes. You know what? 
We'll, we'll call it The Nice Guys 2, and it will just be them in an unofficial sequel to The Nice Guys. Just, <laughs> just two of the nicest guys, you see. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the movie. <laughs> just them being super nice. Uh, were there any other trailers there that I missed? I only watched a few. Uh, don't think so. Everyone uh, expected saw... a Marvel's trailer, but like we know now it won't be because they just delayed the movie a little bit. Yeah, we got a poster, though. Yeah, it looks fucking weird. It does look weird, but we got all. I'm glad I'm not the only one. one. Everyone was giving me shit for saying that on Twitter. I'm like, it looks weird. It's just characters just stuck onto the poster with a glow around them. It's fucking cheap. Yeah. Again, that's a total thing of like, uh, we couldn't get all three of them in at once because they're all really busy. We didn't know what order to arrange them in because we don't know who we're running with and who's more popular. So we just chose not to. We didn't have a shot of Carol just standing. We got her like mid walk, so we put that in there. But she looks like she just saw the cameraman taking the photo as she was walking. Yeah, it's like, don't don't these movies make a billion dollars? You couldn't get all of them together in one place to take a picture? And I'm sure the answer is, no, we literally couldn't because this machine moves too fast yeah, for any of us. Yeah, too fast. They, they, they were off yeah. this set onto the whatever comes next. Yeah, like, like I know in your simple, regular human world, but here we are higher beings, and we cannot do these simple human things. Get the fuck out of here. Also, I, didn't we see Adam Driver running around in a jungle with a gun, or did, did I imagine that? No, yeah, that's for his new movie, 65, which I fucking hate that first trailer because it spoils it, because it's like, he's like a... He's like some dude from space. So the ship crash lands on a planet, and he gets hunts by animals. And the twist is, he actually lands in like in like Jurassic era Earth. Oh, because it's like the past, and it's like, oh, you could have fucking saved that for the film, motherfuckers. Oh, is it sixty five? Because it's sixty five billion years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. See, Look, it looks really ride. fucking cool. I just really wish they didn't spoil it. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? I met Memory Unlocked. I saw the poster when I went to the movies. I saw that, and I saw the Blue Beetle poster, and I saw the Spider Verse uh, poster all side by side. Nice. Is what I saw. But uh, yeah, that's trailer talk, everyone. Some good stuff coming down the pipeline, I think. Yeah. G- g- genuinely, we were excited by everything. Which yeah, is rare. I, I was very uh, shocked at how like kind of cool the Flash trailer looks. Uh, Guardians looks amazing fast x looks fucking bonkers it sure does yeah again i've never watched anyone except for the first one but i love watching the series from as like an outsider looking in every so often i'll poke my head and be like oh what's going on in here yeah it's insane it's insane (laughs) looks looks pretty insane uh some more movie news here again we talked about the captain marvel poster uh we got confirmation from uh kevin feige there that winter soldier will actually be the leader in the upcoming thunderbolts movie whatever that is i know that was a big question where it's like well why is it him and a bunch of villains and anti-heroes you know what's the deal so clearly he's leading the team but i can only assume that he's not leading it by choice if i had to you know make a make an educated guess we see he has seniority so Mm, you know, true he's about a hundred and what 20 odd <laughs> years old yeah give or take I, I thought you meant seniority is like a marvel actor i'm like because he's been well, in that more too. Things. Like, yeah that too but yeah 
yeah, we're we're not going to make the Winter Soldier spinoff movie, but you can be the leader in this. Yeah, and I, I I like that he's going to be the leader just because I know that's going to really piss off John Walker. Mm, for sure, <laughs> he yeah. definitely want to be the leader because he's like, ah, oh, Captain America, I'm U.S. agent, I'm like the new Captain America, but no, you don't get to lead this new what is essentially Avengers. Yeah, we'll we'll get to relitigate that relationship from the show. Yeah. Which is fun, too, because we're seeing that more and more. Obviously, we saw it in uh, Doctor Strange. We saw it in Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that. But, you know, more more stuff from the shows are starting to affect the movie now in bigger and more noticeable ways. And I think in many ways it's actually starting to, you know, uh, divide, you know, the, the really hardcore people who watch everything oh, yeah. versus the people who just see the movies. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Like, I'm seeing it more and more, more realistically But also, I think recently with what Kevin Feige has been talking about, like, pulling back on, like, TVs and movies and stuff, I think he's also realizing that as well. Yes, that that was the next piece, actually. Apparently, Kevin Feige said, you know what? Maybe we've been making too many of these shows too quickly. Maybe we should slow up on it. And yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I'm glad he's realizing that and not, like, double downing and like, no, it's the audience's fault. Here's more shows. Watch them. Because, yeah, there was a little bit there on Disney Plus where it's like, okay, the new Star Wars thing just ended. Now a new Marvel show is starting. Yeah, it was like for a couple of weeks there. There was like one after the other. And then it's like, okay, the new Marvel show is done. What's happening this week? Oh, now we got to go to the theaters and see the new Marvel movie. Like, literally, it was just this thing for like six months there. It didn't end. We were just in an endless loop of Star Wars, Marvel show, Marvel movie, which, hey, don't get me wrong. Love that shit, but it's unsustainable. It is. Uh, And especially for like a general audience who most likely will only go and see the movies or, or, or like boot up disney plus and realize hey what the fuck she hulk what the fuck's this literally there is a person in my life who said that to me like hey i watched that she hulk show this week i didn't even know that was a thing yeah yeah and I, and again like i had to remind myself it's like joel joel be, joel be nice now joel it's your job to know these things it is not everyone else's job to know these things <laughs> they, they have children and lawns to mow yeah, and they yeah. don't spend their whole days thinking about this shit joel joel be nice now and i was nice <laughs> i was nice everyone <laughs> give me a cookie i was nice <laughs> yeah yeah but, but i'm actually kind of glad but as well because like i think while I've liked all of like the Marvel shows for different reasons, they they Same. do feel like they that they were like rushing them a little bit there, especially Miss Marvel, especially Miss Marvel. As uh, much as I love the best parts of Miss Marvel, yeah, I wish it had yeah. a couple more minutes in the oven here and there. Yeah, so hopefully this will allow them maybe even like to to like stretch out the episodes a little bit more, like maybe make a couple more episodes per season instead of yeah. What were they on? They were on like six episodes or something. Six, yeah, six, again, they're between all, six and ten or something. Yeah, the, yeah, they're all weird how they enforce the the episode lengths, where it's like, okay, it's six episodes, but this one's an hour, and this one's twenty five minutes, and this one's this, and this one's that. Yeah, yeah, they need to be a bit more consistent, like they are with like the Star Wars stuff, where it's mm. roughly you know forty minutes. And also, too, maybe they took to heart the fact that if they keep doing this Star Wars Marvel show, Marvel movie thing, they might kill all the visual effects artists in Hollywood. So, you know, maybe maybe they finally heard their cries where they're like, please, we need to sleep. Please, we're working our fingers to the bone. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You you get to sleep this one time. (laughs) 
but no task again, VFX artists. Keep <laughs> keep making the magic. Keep making dreams come true, you little <laughs> bastards. Or else. I'm sure they had a thing where it's like, well, we can always just find new VFX artists. What do you mean we just can't find new VFX artists? Can we just outsource it to Asia like we do animation? We can't. What? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> the pipeline doesn't allow that. What? <laughs> what? I didn't know that. <laughs> Which, you know what, honestly, I bet it was something as simple as that. I bet someone oh, literally absolutely. did have to sit them down and explain it to them. You will actually burn out this entire very important side of the Hollywood business if you're not careful. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and more power to them. Like, yeah, I think visual effects artists need to... Like, I think they were starting to either talk about it or they were getting, like, unions. As uh, they should. In, in So, yeah, about fucking time. Yeah, workers, workers rise up. Everyone, I, I like the things I enjoy, but I don't like knowing they come at a horrible human cost. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was wonder. I, you might know, but I, I doubt it. But like Marvel, have their, they should have their own VFX. Uh, you would think right studios, right? Yeah, their own like industrial light and magic. Yeah, you would think yeah. so. I mean, I'm sure they have companies they work with, but I'm sure it's also a matter of when you make as many movies, TV shows, and like cruise films as everyone mm. else, I guess you just kind of got to spread that work around. I guess so, yeah. Because again, because like one in-house group probably couldn't handle all of oh, it. Oh, no, definitely not. And I, I, I have to assume as well there's VFX houses out there that specialize in certain things as well. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah, don't, probably. they're not just like, oh, we do VFX, which covers everything. No, we focus mm. on we do lighting. Fight scenes, or... We do monsters. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. But uh, yeah. And again, you know, we got word coming to us, the chat saying that, you know, that Daredevil show is apparently supposed to be like way more episodes than everything. And are they going to space that out? Are we going to get that in one sitting? Or, you know, will that be over multiple seasons? We don't know. If it's one, ep one season of 18 episodes, I think that's enough yeah again are they going to be an hour are they going to be half an hour how are they going to do it yeah to me time oh, like runtime doesn't matter as long as like the story's good but i know to no. some people especially people online that like if the, if the episode isn't like you know 58 minutes or you know an hour long they they fucking shit the bed it's it's very weird where it's like my time literally equals money so if it doesn't match this much time then i yeah. didn't have any fun with it yeah yeah it's it's very with the they're all like well last year i had 69 presents <laughs> why is it shorter now because <laughs> uh, sometimes you only need 22 minutes to tell a story <laughs> also i wonder you know are we going to get an overarching series for daredevil or are we doing more you know comic-esque arcs or is it going to be individual episodes because i think season two of daredevil was actually the best one when they mm. had episode long arcs yeah yeah it was really good that season yeah, when it was like a comic book, and I think more of these shows should not be afraid to adopt that storytelling, you know, uh, system yes. of arc-based stories. Yes. Yeah. But uh, moving on from the world of movies and TV shows to the world of comics, our bread and butter, naturally. Uh, Marvel was teasing this week the biggest Spider-Man upset. Upset. I upset. Yeah, we're upsending it, everyone. Pff, fucking God. Can you tell my brain's going to mush over here? <laughs> Yes, Marvel teases the biggest Spider-Man upset since the death of Gwen Stacy. <laughs> what do you reckon it's going to be? You've I, been I reading Spider-Man, so... I, I wanted this to be a good discussion because I figured we could clip this later if we wanted to. But yeah, so I, I've been reading Spider-Man. 
under this Zeb Well thing, and uh, I haven't liked it for the last couple months. Like, yeah. it really has felt like where I feel now like how I did back during One More Day when I quit and, like, back during the the Clone Saga originally when I quit. The two times I quit reading Spider-Man where I'm like, what am I even doing? I've, I've been coming to this party for years, and why? Mm -hmm. It's it's really kind of sapping my soul right now. And again, they didn't specify what this big upset was going to be, if it's going to be the big issue 25, 26, like, oh, we're finally going to explain what happened to Mary Jane and Peter. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's going to be something completely unrelated. The thing we saw there, it's, it's Spider-Man looking at a screen, and it's all his friends and supporting cast, and they all look shocked. Nice, nice, okay. I don't know what that could possibly mean. Like, what does did did, did Spider Man accidentally send a dick pic to all of his contacts? Was <laughs> that was the thing? Was he really trying to get stuff back with Mary Jane? He, you know, ended up accidentally, you know, group texting his half flaccid hog to the entire Avengers <laughs> and Miss Marvel, who is very much still underage, Peter. Yes. So we're gonna have to really have to have a talking to about that. <laughs> Just Jesus Christ! I don't. I don't know. This is the problem. I don't know what they're doing with Spider-Man anymore. And worse still, I yeah. don't know what they can do to fix it right now. It'll have to be like a full reset. Or I, I, like, I don't even want that because I'm like, no, no more going back to zero. That's pissing me off too. It's, it really is you can't move forward and you can't go back. I don't know what we're doing. Just cancel Amazing Spider-Man and have Dan Slott just continue to write like his Spider-Man book that he's doing at the moment. That's, which is that, the that one book is fine. That book is fine. Yeah, which is the one that you're reading, which is funny that like that's that's the general feeling I'm getting where it's like, oh, there's lots of great Spider-Man stories. It's just none of them star Peter. It's the great mm. Miles book. It's the surprisingly good Norman Osborn Gold Goblin book. It's the weirdly actually quite interesting Red Goblin book that's like the whole Osborn film. I, I I read the first volume of Carnage last night from Ram V because I wanted to like get up to date for all the sins of sinners. Fucking Carnage is good now. <laughs> Seriously, that Carnage book is great because Ram V just said, what if I did Hannibal the TV show, but with Carnage? Oh, nice. And I'm like, that'd be fucking dope, Ram V. Thank you. <laughs> also, uh, remember I we talked about last week where it's like, oh, I, I don't know if it's still Cletus Cassidy anymore. Like, I think they tried to imply that they might make a little girl Carnage, but they didn't. Uh, no, actually, what they did do is more interesting. Basically, the Carnage symbiote is solo now. Okay, so it's just on its own. It's on its own. It's like, I don't actually need Cletus anymore. In fact, I'm pretty sure Cletus was holding me back. Mm -hmm. So the Carnage symbiote is actually its own character now, and he's actually eloquent and interesting, and he doesn't always kill people. Oh, cool. Like, oh my god, did Carnage just actually become a character? Holy shit. Yeah, right. I can't believe it. Hmm. Shit's wild. <laughs> He also went to space and went to Asgard and went to hell, so he's going to, like, a bunch of places that Carnage doesn't normally go. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, taking him out of his, his comfort zone, so to Very speak. much so. He he also adopted a little Hannibal-style serial killer because this guy's like, no, use me, I want to be the new host. And Carnage is like, nah, I don't actually need a human host anymore, but I'll take you with me because, you know, like, I need someone to talk to, essentially. <laughs> It'd be weird if I just talked to no one. So he literally just adopts this little serial killer and is just kicking his ass all over the place. Right, right. And that's basically the book. <laughs> that, sound, that actually sounds really good. 
It's very fun. And there's like a cop that's chasing after him. And his name is John Shade. But it's spelt in a weird way that makes me think he's going to get a fucking symbiote at some point. It's spelled S-H-A-Y-D-E. Yes. Yeah, yes. Of course. Of course. It's spelled, it's spelled like a fucking 90s symbiote. And here's the great, in the last issue I read, he ran into goddamn Annie Mae Parker, the pattern maker from the Spider-Verse books. And she's like, whoa, 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 whatever Carnage is doing out here, he's actually fucking up the world web. It's all bleeding red now. Oh, no. <laughs> so goddamn Peter Parker's daughter is actually involved in, in a story, but it's in a goddamn Carnage book. <laughs> Like, literally, Ram V's like, yeah, people are just going to buy it because it's carnage. No one's actually paying attention. I can just do whatever the hell I want. And he did. <laughs> KT helping us out in the chat again. Thank you, as always. The Spider-Man office wants to be patient every time, but keeps trying to test us at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what they're doing. Oh, be patient. We promise we're going somewhere. Okay, I would be patient if you would stop trying me. <laughs> to be fair as well, trying to please Spider-Man fans is, like, literally impossible. This is literally also fucking true. Impossible. This is true, and I've literally had this conversation with Sal, my other co-host from Elseworlds Exchange. He's a bigger Spider-Man fan than even me. Like Spider-Man, like means something to him mm -hmm. in his life. Like how Superman means something to you, and Green Arrow means something to me. And, and we had like a conversation where we like really got to the nitty gritty of it, and we both kind of agreed where it's like, okay, well, what do you want from Spider-Man? And the sad answer was, I don't know what I want from Spider-Man. I just know I don't want this, and I know that's not helpful, and I know that's the worst answer I can give, but I'm only being honest. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I think we really we really hit pay dirt on this one. If this was therapy, I would say we made a, we made a great breakthrough. <laughs> And that's the thing about Spider-Man. We're all just in therapy with Spider-Man right now. I don't know what this big Gwen Stacy-sized event could be. And honestly, I don't think they should keep doing those things. Spider-Man doesn't need more shit to blow up his life. Just just no. tell a good, meaningful story. And we know they can because the Miles book is good and the Miles book is doing what the Peter book used to do. <laughs> here's, here's the thing I want. I just want Peter to start acting his age. That's yeah. really what all, all I want. I want him to stop going to pieces over every little thing. That's not saying I want him to be perfect. He'll never have his life together. Shit, I don't have my life together. But I want him to at least be able to handle some things without becoming the fucking squeaky voice teen from Simpsons. Oh, God, what am I going to do now? Well, the thing, the, the thing I see like well, Spider-Man acting like that is because that's how a lot of his fans act. This is also true. Spider-Man, more than just any other character, more even than Batman, a lot of fans project on Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and a lot of their issues become his issues, and a lot of writers pick up on that, and it gets weirdly circular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Spider-Man is this, uh, you know, friggin' snake that eats its own tail. Mm. But, uh, hey, don't worry, because the Spider-Man universe not starring Peter is only getting bigger, because, like I said, Sins of the uh, friggin' Symbiote Summer is on its way, and they've actually announced another big book and another big change that will be coming via Summer of Symbiotes. It's going to be a special tie-in book called Cult of Carnage, and this is the book that will see Liz Allen get herself a brand new symbiote and become a brand new, I'm going to assume, antagonist called Misery. Yeah, Misery, the which is what every fan feels <laughs> You see, I, I was so ready for that. I was so ready for that, like, joke to tee itself up. But like I said, the Venom and Carnage books are good right now, and they're interesting, and Liz Ellen was already set up 
as like an antagonist in those books because she works for Alchemex and Alchemex is trying to like weaponize the symbiotes. So it makes sense. And her own kid is the Red Goblin right now who's like not sure if he's a hero or a villain yet. And Norman is there and he's the heroic gold goblin. So there's like actual shit going on here. <laughs> and I hate that it's like, oh, what's your favorite thing in Spider-Man now? Oh, this whole thing over here that doesn't involve Peter at all. <laughs> It's so fucking crazy. We're like, yeah, we should hate this. We should be like, oh, symbiote, what bullshit. Milk this a little more. Oh, misery, are you yeah. for fucking real? Exactly, but to exactly. But to where, like, it's like, no, they actually built up to this, and this actually kind of makes sense, and I'm actually kind of excited for it. Fuck, and the actual design of misery is good. <laughs> God damn it. Why? Why does it have to be this way? <laughs> Why, man? I don't understand. Up is down. Black is white. I'm excited for the cult of carnage. <laughs> make it stop. Just make it stop, please. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> uh, I guess from there we can move on from Marvel Comics to DC Comics. Uh, obviously, we've been reading Lazarus Planet, which is not so much as an event as it is a series of promotional anthologies to set up new things that they may or may not do. Mm-hmm which I think we can agree is the most annoying part of it, especially because they will introduce brand new characters like The Vigil and City Boy and, you know, Circuit Breaker, and then be like, well, if I do like these characters, where can I even see them again? Well, they answered that question this week, Matt, in the brand new DC imprint, We Are Legends, which is going to be headlined by Jessica Chen. So literally yes. all of this was just to set up a brand new imprint because yeah. DC has had excellent luck with imprints, haven't they? Remember the Dark Matter? universe imprint matt <laughs> and with this news came the i uh, came with it the uh the fact that i'm i'm just not covering the rest of the lazarus planet books just just because like it's just been built up to all of this and like it's not gonna go anywhere it's not gonna no. go anywhere i mean really the only one you gotta read is the last one the last one written by mark wade is the last one you need to read yeah yeah I've, I've been in it this long, so I'm like, fuck it, I might as well see it to the end. I think we have, like, one more after this, and then the actual Mark Wade finale, which is hilarious. Finale comes out this week. Oh, is it actually this yeah. week? Okay, fine, then. There's no it's, more no more tie-ins or anything. <laughs> that's It's so funny to think... Well, actually, no, there is more tie-ins, because we're actually going to get the Wonder Woman Shazam tie-in, though it's not really a tie-in to Lazarus Planet. It just started in the pages of Lazarus yeah, Planet. Yeah, but see, that was, in, that was back when the, the stories were actually interesting. And, like, yeah, yeah the Aquaman one, yeah, the... the the Wonder Woman one, yeah, yeah, like actually interesting ones. Because those were just stories they were going to tell anyway and didn't yeah. need Lazarus Planet to set them up or tee them up at all. Yeah. Uh, Michael Reese helping us out there again, talking about Spider-Man. Maybe the big reveal will be Gwen holds an uh, intervention for Peter with all his redeemed villains telling him how much he needs to change. Wow, I actually like that a lot because it's true. So many of Spider-Man's villains are good guys now who are learning about responsibility and doing it fucking better than him. That 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 would be great. I'd honestly love since Christopher Campbell was writing the Gold Lantern to him like have like Tony Stark come in and be like, "Hey, I like just changed my life around with like AA and it, like all got past mm -hmm. all this. I grew up basically. It's like you should too because you're a fucking idiot." Yeah, you can too. <laughs> exactly. The ghost of Gwen Stacy just starts haunting Peter. It's like, why? Why? You've done so little with your life. <laughs> you keep beating yourself over, beating yourself up over my death, really? <laughs> Get over yourself, man. <laughs> 
but yeah, so that that's the thing that we got come down. It's all going to be a big new imprint. I wish them luck because DC has had terrible luck when it comes to launching new yes. imprints. E even their classic imprints can't really stick around. And even stuff that sticks around like friggin' Black Label really only sticks around in name only and no one really knows what the hell it's supposed to be anymore. Yeah, and like the characters that do stick around like barely do. At, like I think like the longest character that stuck around is probably Khalid Nassau's Doctor Fate. That's true. Yeah, he's Maybe still him. in lots of stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, shit. I mean, DC just has a hard time launching new young characters to begin with, don't mm. they? Yeah. Yeah. They always try, and it just fails. Like the last big new character you mentioned, who wasn't Khalid, was Blue Beetle, and mm. Blue Beetle lives in this horrible limbo of constantly being, you know, his book canceled. Yep. And like again, I would like to see some of these characters succeed because I mean. It sucks when the universe isn't growing and changing and when new ideas keep getting thrown aside because it's like, look, if I had to choose between one of these books becoming a success and like six new Batman books, obviously I would pick make these more successful, please. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely the, the problem is like like all these characters that are getting new books, I don't find any of them interesting. I mean, they're fine. City boy. <laughs> They're fine. They just got introduced in a weird way. Like, again, yeah. I, I feel like we should go back to the old ways of how new characters were introduced, and that is it was in other popular books. Yeah. Why weren't these characters ever in Dark Crisis? Because that was the whole point of Dark Crisis. The mm. the old heroes were, were dead, quote-unquote, and, like, the new heroes, like the Titans and stuff. Red Canary, like, just, like, came out, like, just because there was no Black Canary or anything. And, yeah. It's just so it, weird. Because, and I'm almost certain of this, because Joshua Williamson clearly had one idea, editorial had another, and Mark Wade had a third idea. <laughs> and they're like, well, let's just do none of these. Yeah, yeah. As, as Ninja Consultant Six Shot reminds me, it is interesting that all these new heroes, the things they have in common is that they're all of some form of Asian descent, which yes. is cool. Because there isn't yeah. a lot of that representation in DC Comics. And obviously, you know, I'm sure from a strictly soulless, money-grubbing corporate side to they're like, oh, yes, Asian markets are more popular now than ever. If we can craft a great new hero and turn it into a movie and TV show, we can sell it to China for big money. <laughs> One thing I am hoping, though, is that we get to see more of, like, uh, the Superman, Keenan Kong in yes. in at least uh, like he's going to be in the superman books um, yes. but but at least in something maybe like spirit world or something yeah he would be a good fit for that you're absolutely right yeah as someone pointed out to me about spirit world it's like wait are they basically telling us this is how bat girls is going to end because you're sending one of them to another yeah. world yeah <laughs> that's disappointing but honestly i think circuit breaker is the saddest where it's like hey everyone here's circuit breaker our brand new non-binary hero who we're introducing in this anthology okay cool i like them where can i read them next you can read them in the pride anthology coming in the summer oh so like nothing for several months is what you're saying wow yeah. you really believed in this character didn't you yeah, this the, that that was a character that was just going to be relegated to like yeah the, the like specials and that's a shame because there should be some, you know, cool non-binary yeah. heroes. But man, did they drop the ball on that? It's like, yeah, you're a character who only gets to be in anthologies. <laughs> 
that sucks for them. Mm. Also, I saw a lot of people comparing that character to Ezra Miller, saying, oh, they invented this character just because of Ezra Miller. I'm like, why? Because they have dark hair and are both actors? <laughs> people know that Ezra Miller isn't the only, like, binary... Non-binary actor, non-binary, yeah. yeah. like, they know that, like, a lot of non-binary people exist, right? <laughs> uh, the answer to that is, I don't think they do. <laughs> and that's sad. They, they know that other people have dark hair, right? <laughs> nope nope invented it nope <laughs> is the blueprint as annoying people on twitter say oh, all the goddamn time fuck i hate that <laughs> i i found the perfect you know counteract to that where it's like hey hey young people and it's only young people who say this this is gonna blow your mind but uh things existed and happened before you were born things existed and happened when you weren't paying attention and things will continue to exist and happen long after you die <laughs> things happen when you're not terminally online exactly yeah you, you did not discover the things you think you discovered <laughs> it's a fuck of a thing but uh moving on from there again we we just talked shit about black label it's like what the fuck is even black label anymore except for a depository for batman stories yeah <laughs> well this year it doesn't have to be because they announced a brand new peacemaker book from kyle stark it's called peacemaker tries hard <laughs> nice nice <laughs> love it love the art style on this i love the pitch for it where it's like well what's it about well you see peacemaker uh finds and adopts a new dog and the dog is a pug <laughs> i'm like nice that's all i need yeah that, that good sold also, we in the, you know, I was going to say in the main DC universe, but this isn't in the main DC universe. We in the Black Label universe realized, oh, wait, people like Peacemaker as a comedy clown. What were we even thinking trying to make them serious in the main universe? <laughs> well, I, 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 he was serious, but he was serious at that point where it becomes round into like parody again because he yeah. was so like, oh, Peace is so fucking cool. I've got to get Peace by murdering babies. And, and it's like, yeah. that, that's funny. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was what they were going for, but it came off as, like, serious. It is. You know, Peacemaker was much more serious than he wasn't. And I mean, shit, even in that spoiler for that new Suicide Squad, which was supposed to happen in Lazarus Planet, but didn't, where Waller's like, oh, look at my new team. And there was serious Peacemaker and also Peacemaker Woman as well. Yeah. Why I'm still 90% sure will be revealed to be hardcore that they just canonized that character. <laughs> it, it, it's Gotham Girl and Gotham again. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, again! I keep trying to make these characters... <laughs> you got me again, damn it. No, that should really be their thing now, is that they should just dress up as other characters endlessly to yeah, try and... Yeah, that's the joke. They're like, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what do you like from us? Like, what do you want from us to, like, stick around? <laughs> Hey, it's a brand new Blue Beetle book. That's Gotham. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> brand new, brand new Katana book. Oh, no, sorry. It's Gotham Girl again. Shit. <laughs> we brought the question back. Ah, but it's Gotham Girl under there. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to keep buying these at some point. <laughs> Not now, but some point. <laughs> uh, now, before we actually talk about our movie, which is, of course, the big main event of uh, the show this week. Uh, one last thing that just came across my screen here. I guess we technically got the first look at Lady Gaga as uh, Harley Quinn and that Joker 2, Electric Joker Lou. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Yep, that's uh, that's Lady Gaga in a DC movie, all right. That's what that is. Yeah. I I'm not even planning on seeing Joker. 
I'm not either, but I am still morbidly kind of fascinated because I know it's going to be a musical, and I think that's going to melt the brains of some people there, like the people who are way too into Joker, the people who are way too edgy five me, the people who are like way too into like, you know, DC and the superhero universe need to be serious and adult for me because I'm a big boy. Yeah, yeah. It'll be really interesting when it becomes like an all singing, all dancing fucking thing. Like that's going to be really interesting. And I cannot wait to see the fucking Ludo narrative dissonance in these peoples and their brains start to break. Because look, in a perfect world, they would play around with genre more. In a perfect world, there would be more superhero musicals, (laughs) superhero rom-coms, more shit that we don't normally get. That's what I would like. Yeah. I mean, I guess Lady Gaga can sing, so that's the thing. I guess that's, yeah, yeah, pro, yeah. they actually got someone who can actually sing. Because, like, can Joaquin Phoenix sing? Did did they check that out before they made the movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> his, his brother could sing, I know that. <laughs> did they think he's his brother? Is that the thing? Yeah, they. that's the thing. Oh, oh this, is, this is the other Phoenix, isn't it? Yeah, this is River no. Phoenix. Damn it. He's been dead for, like, a long time, guys. <laughs> Ah, oh, shit, we didn't know that. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, Joker... Just use deep fakes to bring him back. Yeah, because the fact that, like, the first Joker was the success it was in the first place is super weird, and I wonder, can they keep that going for a sequel that, by all right, should not have existed? That, that's the thing that pissed me off about the first Joker movie, too, where it's like, really? You're not ending this definitively? You're leaving the door open for a sequel? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, it wasn't just a one and done. I I have to feel that that was like a mandate, maybe. <laughs> Probably. But hey, at least we get that great uh, clip there that makes the rounds on the internet every so often of that dude really losing his shit that Joker wasn't nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what is more important to America right now than Joker? Yeah, <gasps> yeah, he was getting like, what was it? He was getting like pissy that uh, Parasite one or something, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah foreign film in black and white yeah yeah which again i'm just like ah yes you are what is wrong with uh nerd culture and entertainment discourse in general rolled up into one clip so really i should thank you for this that i can just point (laughs) to that clip and go that that's the problem (laughs) this this unironic nerd crew sketch come to life with all of his fucking collectibles behind him and everything yeah yeah (laughs) what is more important to america now than joker (laughs) The Joker's important, guys. It's really important. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what horrible creation I'm becoming when I channel that. <laughs> uh, and with that, everyone, we can actually talk about Ant-Man Quantumania. Uh, Matt and I both got a chance to see it. I saw it on Friday, which is good because it means I didn't have to rush home to talk about it for the show. And also, I don't know if you heard this, Matt, but a lot of uh, the critics who actually got to see it early, they got like uh, emails being like, look, you can review the movie, but you can't talk about this, this and this, which has never happened before for these Marvel movies where they actually kind of got gag ordered on some certain spoilers. I'm guessing the post credits. I can only assume because beyond that, that's really the only yeah. big twist thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. Though they didn't want anyone to reveal that Greg Turkington was back. Mm, yeah, can't uh, can't reveal that. <laughs> the, the the what a fun scene when it was. <laughs> In fact, that, that's the thing that you know. I guess we'll talk about as we enter Ant Man and talk about you know Quantum Mania in depth there way more legacy gags and way more connections to the other movies than a i was expecting and b 
more than any of the other Marvel movies, this one really, really, you know, leaned on the fact where it's like, look, you saw the other two, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, as well as you have to remember as well, it's also going to be the first film to build up towards uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars and everything. And as well as the first time Ant-Man has actually had some, some like pull in the game, more or less, you know, like he's actually being a part of the build-up to it whereas the last two movies really weren't he's always the blow-off yeah yeah he's always the blow-off to the big avenger events and i have to wonder too as i sat here and watched this movie there was a whole part in the middle and i'm sure you felt it too it's like oh they filmed this during covid oh Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shot reverse shot going on here oh there's a lot of people weren't on set at the same time in this Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh uh-oh, and there's a point where it's like, wait, we're this late in the movie and Kang hasn't showed up yet. Was was Kang supposed to be like a secret villain in this and Modoc was supposed to be the main villain and then they changed it and actually flipped it? I, I, th- I think Kang was always meant to be in there, but I think what it was was that they were trying to build him up. Yeah. Whereas like, because they keep calling it, they don't call him Kang at first, they just call him the Conqueror. The Conqueror, or him. yeah. And they keep building that up throughout the film until he, he, he appears. But they, yeah, they, they I did. think they needed to do it a little bit more. Yeah, they very sharks, shark in jaws it, no doubt about it. And I will say, uh, all, all the reviews you've heard are right. Jonathan Majors is great in the role. He mm-hmm. kills it. It's completely different uh, from the version that he played, or the variant, I should say, in the Loki show. He's, you know, making a feast of this. And he gets a really cool, like, down and dirty, you know, fight with uh, Paul Rudd himself near the end of the movie. Where I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's just them knocking the shit out of each other. Yeah, it's, it's pleasantly surprising. He, he gets to show off at least one of his arms. Where it's like, yeah, I got into Creed shape for this. They could, only show, they could only show off one. They couldn't fit both of them in, in camera shot. It's too big. Too yeah, big. Too big, yeah. He's as big as all outdoors. You know, IMAX couldn't even contain all that beef <laughs> that he worked for. And good on you, sir, for doing that. I, I almost looked the other day. I'm like, Jonathan Major's workout. And it's like, you're never going to be able to fucking do that, Joel. What are you talking about? <laughs> You'll never get Jonathan Major's shredded. This dude literally worked out like it was his job because it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also fairly certain he probably had some, some uh, medical help as it were yes. in the in the, the needle the needle variety you you mean to tell me that people don't get that big and strong just with green vegetables prayer and homework <laughs> you mean to tell me there's a pharmaceutical side to big muscle muscle gain <laughs> next next you're gonna tell me the liver king is on the friggin juice too <laughs> no he's he's completely natural yeah completely natural his yeah, guts absolutely. blowing out of the the abs that's completely natural yeah doesn't touch the stuff brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so what is really interesting about this movie to me, you know, like thematically and structure wise is the trailer really sold it, as you said, like it's the biggest Ant-Man movie ever. He has more stake in the game than ever before. But then I watched the movie and the movie itself actually goes out of its way to reestablish that Scott Lang is kind of the Marvel Universe's ultimate everyman, more so than even Peter Parker in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. because he's a guy who goes and gets coffee and has family dinners and has to bail his daughter out of prison when she's acting up. Being a superhero has actually afforded him very little. Yeah, which is which is really strange when I saw like some of the 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 criticisms on the film where they they didn't like that it was like not like the last two whereas when those last two it came out they is, didn't though. yeah well that, that's it yeah it, it kind of is whereas when the last two came out they didn't like that it was like wasn't like the other avengers films and was a palette cleanser it's, 
mm. they they flip and flop all the time but um yeah yeah no but it, it very much is like those last two it's just yeah just they they have a slightly bigger staked villain yeah, they just transplanted it to someone else. But yeah, this is very much like those other Ant-Man movies. It's Scott Lang, this lovable schlub, trying to make his life work. You know, he's written a book now, which which I love the book has been a running theme now. We saw that in the Miss Marvel show, and now we're seeing it here, him actually reading excerpts from it. Apparently that's actually going to be a book you can buy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah. I want to read that. Uh, another thing, too, and, you know, I keep mentioning how the trailer kind of in many ways sold a different movie than we got. This one blew my mind. Obviously, the thing that, you know, I kept coming back time and time to again is Kang talking to who I assume to be Scott saying, you know, do do this for me and I'll give you more time with your daughter. I'll make up for all the time that you lost. Yeah, Kang's not talking to Scott when he says that. He's talking to Janet. Yeah, he does say something similar to Scott, but yeah, it's it's uh they they really focus on the Janet Kang uh, relationship because because Janet's the one who finds him when he crash lands in the uh, quantum realm. Yeah, she had a whole secret history with Kang. That was the reason she was afraid of them ever going back or ever communicating with them. Janet has a lot to do in this movie. She's mm -hmm. basically the other main character. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was not expecting her to get that much to do, but then it's like, yeah, well, you spent the whole movie getting her back. You might as well give her more to do. We're, 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 it's 2023, and, and both Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer are uh, like the leads in two superhero films. <laughs> What a world, right? The more things change, the more they say the shame. Like, shit, Janet did so much. I'm like, you could probably have just lost Wasp, actually. Wasp doesn't actually yeah. add much. She she shoots and she helps in the action scenes. Yes, Wasp, Wasp disappeared when she went to go and get her COVID vaccine. Or not get yeah. her COVID vaccine. Yeah, not get it. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she was driving truck, apparently, somewhere in Ontario. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> man, can I say, like, when I was seeing it, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to see this fucking movie with Evangeline Lilly, who was supporting all those goddamn terrorists. Here's the best part. On the day I went to go see it on the Friday, the big commission came in here in Canada and being like, yep, uh, Trudeau was totally, uh, you know, valid in his actions of, you know, rounding those people up and doing the emergency measures and everything. And I'm like, cool, I'm enjoying this movie knowing that Evangeline Lilly is probably very sad right now. <laughs> I'm loving this movie that much more, imagining how sad she must be. <laughs> But yes, yes, she doesn't all have that much to do. Uh, Douglas is good. He actually has yeah. like a whole little runner about his ants. I'm glad they brought it back to the ants because there's a point in the movie where I'm like, I don't think there's going to be any ants in this yeah. Ant-Man movie. They, they made him the Ant-Man. <laughs> they really, really did. I did miss Michael Pena, though. I'm not going to lie. I know that they would probably have had nothing for him to do in this because no. it is about the Lang Pym family yeah. and their dynamics and everything. But I, I just miss Michael Pena, man. Yeah, well, he's busy being a weirdo Scientologist or something. I don't know. Oh, that's right. He is. <laughs> Shit, I forgot. <laughs> God damn, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but we, we get a lot of, you know, new characters in the Quantum Realm, kind of the locals, and they're all a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the goo guy is played by uh, David uh, Dash Melton, who played Kurt in the other two films. And, and, oh, and, the, and the spot in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Oh, that's actually really... I didn't catch that at first. Oh, I'm glad they found a role for him. Yeah. Uh, the big barbarian lady whose name escapes oh, me at the her. moment. She's great. She also gets a lot to do. Yeah. I was shocked in the action scenes and everything else. I'm like, man, she's really involved in this. Yeah, she was. she's like like a, like almost like a third or fourth lead. 
she really is from like shit is she gonna leave with them at the end of this is she coming back and we see more of her i, I would not be surprised if we don't do see her in like a later film in like a war against kang or like she's leaving the quantum realm or something against them mm-hmm. yeah uh, she of course ties into the bigger story that is you know uh cassie's story and again very understated the movie never stopped to say this i had to like really stop and think about this myself because you know at the beginning of the movie She's kind of acting up and everything. She has a secret suit she's not telling her dad about. She's getting arrested, uh, which, you know, obviously is a trouble for Scott because, you know, he's, you know, reminded about his own criminal past and doesn't want his daughter falling down that role. Though, ironically, she also became a Robin Hood style, morally upstanding criminal where it's like, yeah, I got arrested at a protest because a bunch of San Francisco cops were, you know, clearing out a homeless encampment. We can't stand up to these evil tyrants who displace people. And what does she do when she gets to the quantum realm? Helps a group of people stop an evil tyrant who was displacing them from their homes. Yeah. It's great. This is so good. Yeah, movie doesn't stop and say that, but it does. And also, she ends up... Modoc really ends up being more of her villain, which is interesting because they bring back to the fact where it's like, yeah, friggin' yellow jacket Corey Stoll tried to kill her when she was like six years old and she's still been carrying that baggage around. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, of course, is kind of like a dickhead. Uh, she, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a dick, so like, of course he's gonna go and try and kill the child again again yeah which i i loved what they did with modok in this one i know some people were pissy about him like no modok is funny and silly everyone <laughs> and he looks people are like like complaining about what he looks like and he looks like fucking modok yeah he's got a big silly head yeah. and i love that everyone had a different reaction like oh my god darren what oh shit really <laughs> And he, like, I was not expecting him to have a weird little redemption arc that he did. I like that it was a redemption arc, but one that wasn't earned, but that's the point no, of his character. A- like, he thinks he's earned it, where he, he really clearly hasn't. He counts himself as an Avenger and everything, because he helped yeah. that one time. <laughs> You've always been my brother, Scott. Yeah, sure, whatever. But at least I died as an Avenger. Yeah, sure, you can you can come in. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, th- that was funny. Uh, I mean, the whole quantum realm world really made me feel of like early Jim Henson. Let's just populate this world with as many weird ass creations as possible. And then I was reminded, oh, Jeff Loveness wrote this. Loveness works on Rick and Morty. This is a goddamn Rick and Morty episode, mm-hmm. isn't this? Yeah, Ve- Veb, uh, the, the goo character feels like a Rick and Morty character. Very much so. There's a lot of like Rick so, and Morty isms. Yeah got to drink my ooze to understand us to understand right down to friggin you know goddamn hank pym who might as well have been right okay scotty oh scotty we're going on an adventure (laughs) oh no bill murray fucked my wife oh no (laughs) (laughs) yes the the big bill murray part that everyone was like oh you know who could he be playing you know what could this be hey he just came in for a funny one-off yeah i'm fine with that he he didn't need to play anyone um yeah i like that he was like this this guy who was apparently a a resistance fighter and then like got like bribed by kang by power and everything got corrupted and turned to the dark side again which setting up this kang is kind of like the devil on your shoulder deceiver guy Mm -hmm. offering you power offering you more time the only thing that you can never have yeah yeah, we had the whole, you know, uh, quantum singularity. It was like, well, what happens when you shrink down too small? Well, then you have to deal with all your different possibilities at once, which, again, feels like a very Jeff Loveness, Rick and Morty bit. It does, yes, yeah. Only turned up to a Marvel movie where it's like, oh, Paul Rudd has to deal with Paul Rudd, Paul <laughs> Rudd, and Baskin-Robbins, Paul Rudd. That, that's my favorite joke. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
Baskin Robbins, Paul Rudd was my favorite joke. Where I'm like, that is just very perfect. <laughs> uh, what else did we really have going on? Oh, I, I guess we can talk about you know the implications too, because you know Kang gives several great speeches, which you know are a chance for majors to show off his acting chops there. And we finally kind of have a better view now of what exactly what the hell is going on or will be going on in Phase Five. So Loki broke the timeline, mm-hmm. which released all the other variant Kangs, of which apparently this Kang was something of an outsider that the Kang Corps, the Kang Collective, whatever you want to call them, punished by sending him to the Quantum Realm. But also, this Kang felt that he was the only one who could save them all from the incursions. Yeah, which it, it's led to believe that like maybe they, they are caused by all of the other Kangs, and he yeah. thinks that killing all the Kangs, destroying the worlds, will save the, 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 the timeline uh from from it all as well as like the timeline being populated by like avengers and stuff like that who Mm. inevitably rise up to fight like kang and thanos and all of that sort of stuff that was the moment too in the theater i could tell that i was the only like nerd who was really paying attention (laughs) because i i I totally was like for incursions but no one else did i'm like oh so none of y'all read secret wars and none of (laughs) y'all paid attention at the end of doctor strange when him and clea had to go fight incursions okay okay i'm the weird one then all right Don't hate me because I pay attention to these things. <laughs> Cause, be, be, because it's literally my job because I had to go back and make a podcast and make it entertaining. <laughs> Which I'm doing now. I hope I'm doing a good job, everyone. Kem Dog, I did, Joel. Well, thank you, Kem. I'm glad I can make a show for people <laughs> like me who also, you know, totally popped at the thought of incursions. <laughs> And also, too, what I was really unexpected, you know, they they actually do away with it. Well, seemingly do away with this game. They just shrunk them down smaller, yeah. which, as we've seen, getting shrunk down small is not a death sentence in this universe. Yeah, and do realize he got shrunk down into his the multiverse engine. So he's probably just been sent to another multiverse. Yeah. Which you gotta wonder, hey, are we gonna actually see this version come back later? Because it's very heavily implied that this version wanted to fight the other versions of himself. So that feels like a real like late stage, maybe, you know, the the second of the two Avengers movies where it's like, oh, we need an ace in the hole. We need something to stop these other Kangs. And then Scott's like, I know what can help us stop these other Kangs. Well, I think we saw that the, uh, the Kang from this film at, in the final end credit scene. Oh, did we? Okay, I th- yeah. I, I reckon it's that king. My uh, my screen got a little fucky around this one, but yeah, the big twist at the end is we actually get to see the Council of Kangs, including many you know from the comics. We got Ramatut, we yep. got Immortus, yes, uh, we got some other Future ones there. Kang, yeah, they, there's the Monster Face Kang because it's literally like that comic panel from yes, Avengers two ninety two or something, uh, where yeah, you see them all and it like pulls back to like recreate it. It's pretty cool. Was was Scarlet Century in there? Don't you think so? I, I, I have to wait till it comes on like Disney Plus or something. To have right. Because there's a couple they'll have to save. They'll have to save Scarlet Centurion and they'll have to save Iron Lad because I figured mm. that would be an interesting one too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so is Chemdog saying Scarlet Centurion was the other? Okay, fair enough. And also, hey, Victor Timely with Loki and Mobius. Hey, everyone, there's your season two of Loki. Yeah, and I reckon that Victor Timely is the Kang from Ant-Man. Like he's got, mm. got sent back in time. Cause he's got like, like time tech and everything. And he's using it as like a, like a magic show sort of thing. And, Interesting. I, and I reckon that it'll be him. 
I do love this idea that Jonathan Majors is basically going to get to recreate and reinvent the wheel every time he plays a Kang. Yeah, he just, just get oh, just put a wig on me and like you know, put put me in, make dress me up like a cybernetic pharaoh and you know all this sort of stuff. No, it's great. N- n- not since Dana Carvey have we ever seen such a master of disguise. <laughs> really, really doing his character work. <laughs> really, really going for it. You know, Dana Carvey really uh walks so uh, Jonathan majors could run in this role but but it is it is really interesting that majors is is in this role because like when you look at majors you think oh he's going to be like the big heavy the 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 the, the strong villain who doesn't Mm -hmm. really do much acting just like you know beats up the bad the the hero or you know does all this really cool shit but yeah he's he's a lot a lot of his stuff is just like like talking and and, and giving speeches projecting. and yeah projecting this like air of confidence and everything it's great which is a lot of what comic kang does anyway because it's yeah, like look yeah. if, I, if i if i lose i can just rewind time i don't have to move fast because i'm gonna move for anybody and i think that's not what a lot of people realize about kang kang is just a dude very like, he's propped up by his technology he doesn't have like superpowers it's all his technology so you take that technology away he's he's a big dude but like he's still just a dude which is why Ant-Man yeah, could fucking beat him at the end. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, got to talk about Brandon Williams here. Is Ant-Man good? I'm hearing not good reviews. Love the content from you both. Well, thank you, Brandon. There are a lot of mixed reviews. I know this one broke Thursday records at the box office mm-hmm. because every new Marvel movie does. But yeah, a lot of people are having a rough time, you know, with it being in the quantum realm. I know like a lot of people are like, oh, this looks like a fucking Spy Kids movie. And the fact that the trailer sells kind of a different version of the movie than actually exists. Because like we said, it's actually much more in line with the first two than you would think where it is very small. Like the, the whole big mission for Ant-Man and his family is just we need to get back together we need to escape that's yeah. literally the long yeah. and short of it and also nowadays a lot of critics don't really hide the fact that they don't like marvel movies mm. like just for the fact that they exist i <laughs> and are like, in cinemas the, like here's the thing was this my favorite one no was there a no. lot of stuff i liked in it sure but yes there was a lot of critics you're right who just they had their knives out and ready to go for this yeah. like, okay we're done with this now we're done we're allowed to hate it now okay yeah no uh, again like no matter what it would have been like people would have hated it regardless because yeah again it, that's the cool thing to do now yeah, there's also a little bit of like, hey, you know, we we have a brand new DC slate to look forward to. So, you know, this yeah. this all sucks in comparison to these movies I've invented in my mind that don't actually exist yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like, again, the trailer sells a different... I'm glad you mentioned the thing before, because this is another like subtle, understated thing I liked about the movie and that'll give it all the credit in the world for. The fact that when you take away all their scientific trappings and all their suits and everything... Kang and Scott are ultimately not that different so much to the point that at the end they have a fist fight because they can't rely on their tools anymore one is a goddamn time traveling warrior king one is a schmuck ex-con and Kang even says so much like you control ants yeah 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 it's like what the fuck can you do and I like I think so many people missed out on that like that that's the point of the whole thing of how he's able to beat it because Kang is completely arrogant and just disregard oh it's Ant-Man uh, he just controls ants what's he gonna do <laughs> and also even like original comic king it's like no you were like a future schlub who couldn't cut it in your time so you had to yeah. go back 
yeah yeah and bully people who don't have your tech (laughs) yeah with your unfair advantage is the thing which hey also kind of ties to hank's thing where he didn't want the pim particles to be abused which is why Mm -hmm. he didn't want stark to have it which is why he walked away that is kind of a weird theme that exists in all three of the ant-man movies you know not uh not corrupting science and that you know science should be for the good of everyone yeah you know, one person shouldn't get to hoard it. Uh, Michael Reese helped us out. Thanks again. Uh, Jonathan Majors and Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool 3, at the point are the only things that the MCU I even care about anymore. Man, yeah, when's that going to happen? When are we going to get uh, Majors and Reynolds hanging out together? Because, oh, hey, God. Deadpool can clearly jump between time. <laughs> oh, that's what just Kang shows up. It's like, so I see you've been abusing time, huh? Ripping off my gimmick? <laughs> that's bullshit. Give it. Give me your time machine. <laughs> Gimme, gimme. <laughs> Stop going back and rewriting uh, other X-Men movies. <laughs> yeah, to be better. <laughs> not not on my watch. <laughs> Again, someone in the chat using the word cringe to describe Thor 4. Again, I wouldn't even go that far. I would say all of the friggin' Marvel movies at this point, you can really only compare them to each other is the thing. Do mm-hmm. I think this is the strongest of the Ant-Man movies? In some regards, again, the action is pretty huge. We get like a big Star Wars style fight scene at the end yeah. with, you know, everyone raiding a big city. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peyton, who obviously directed a couple of episodes of Mandalorian, uh, mm. definitely brought like that Star Wars feel. Like when uh, Hank and Janet and, and Hope go to that city, they see that fucking broccoli dude. Uh, yeah. like, like that felt like 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 lower levels of Coruscant sort of very like, with all the people and everything and it, again I think that's because he directs some like Mandalorian. Well, I made the Frank Oz comment before, but mm. yeah, it's very Frank Oz, Industrial Light and Magic, Star Wars Cantina. How many weird creatures can we throw into this? Yeah, yeah. And again, there's some great design work going on here. I love Kang's foot soldiers. Yeah, I like that. That yeah, they're very stormtroopery in like they're just like faceless sort of thing. I I, I fully believe their faceless is just so like he can can see his own face in their reflection because uh, he's a fucking vain piece of shit. Because <laughs> he's an egotistical narcissist. Yeah, we keep your helmets nice and shiny so I can see myself. Yeah. Be- Beyond that, honestly, there's not really all that much to talk about in talking about Quantumania because it is very much a what-you-see-is-what-you-get kind of movie. You know, there are some themes, there are some character growth, there's some funny jokes, but, I mean, there's really... You know what this is? This is the middle part of a bigger story, and it knows that Loki was the first part that kicked this off. This is the middle part, and then everything we see after this with Loki Season 2 and the big Avengers and everything else, that's going to be the next part of the story. This this is a middle child of... Which is really strange, because like many of the critics said, they complained that it was it was more of a uh, a movie that sets things up than a movie on its own. I'm like, no, that not at all. It, it like, couldn't exist without all the stuff that came before. It yeah. literally keeps calling back to stuff that happened before. Darren Cross, Janet, uh, what is it? The missing time in the blip and everything. If anything, I, I th- this is what's so funny about Marvel movies because it really does feel like at times that people are watching and you know are experiencing two completely different movies. Because <laughs> my criticism is the exact opposite that this one can't exist without calling back to everything yeah. else that it almost can't stand on its own. Yeah, and and of course it, it's part of a larger universe so of course it has to mm-hmm. plant seeds for things that are going to come down the line it's par for the course but we're fucking 25 movies in <laughs> exactly you, you figured you would have got the memo by this point yeah jesus but again 
But again, not everyone is like us. Not everyone likes cataloging things. Not everyone likes having to pay attention. Yeah, that's true. For little payoffs. But yeah, I mean, you know, Quantumania, I had a good time with it. But then again, I don't get out to see a lot of movies these days anyway. Uh, everything you've heard about Jonathan Majors is true. He's great. He's I love fantastic. Mona. Thought he was really funny. I think uh, Cassie is going to have a lot of legs in this universe. I think she's definitely sticking around and will probably maybe even lead whatever young people's Avenger team they make whenever they make that. Yeah. Do you reckon people are upset that they didn't hint at the young Avengers? Maybe. Because yeah, I remember yeah, like, a, a, like a while ago, like a couple of months ago, someone like like it was one of those fucking scoopers so you got to take it with a grain of salt they said oh the movie's gonna end with like uh hope and and scott trapped in the in the uh in the quantum realm i thought that's where it was gonna go yeah no i did too and then like the movie was gonna end with uh with cassie sort of starting to assemble like the young avengers yeah but like that didn't happen which, which thematically, I mean, even that would have worked too because her whole thing is like, look, Dad, I don't mm-hmm. think you're doing enough as a superhero. I think we could be doing more. And admittedly, this is an interesting thing too because this whole Ant movie takes place in a time in between crises. So this is literally him just living his life with not much going on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you know, you should use this downtime to address social ills and everything you'd like is something that a young hero team could do, a group of young Avengers or champions even. Well, I get, yeah that's probably where it's going to go from here where 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 scott or she comes she comes to scott with that idea and maybe scott like ends up being one of their like mentors or something because he's he's an avenger so yeah i could see that happening because they definitely planted the seed she has the suit she has the powers Mm -hmm. she's learning to use them but she also thinks the avengers could be doing more in many ways too you know you could tie this even to falcon and winter soldier because just scott going about his day-to-day life is very much like sam just going about his day-to-day life and being like yeah it turns out being an avenger in this world doesn't actually get you that much free coffee and that's about it doesn't pay the bills yeah no, you got to write a book. You got to keep doing science and everything because, yeah, the world actually won't kiss your ass just for being a hero. Yeah. <laughs> which which is shockingly realistic and also pretty true to Marvel Comics as well. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the world outside your window. Yeah, you saved me. Yeah, you blew up that death ray that Doctor Doom had. That'll be three fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> $12 coffee, yeah. Yeah, hey, man, I, I got to work too. <laughs> Yeah, I had fun with Ant-Man Quantumania, but I have fun with all of them. Whether or not you think it's good or bad, it's really, to me at this point, it's like, well, where does this, you know, stand in your great ranking of all of these? You know, the ones I've rewatched a lot, the one I'm going to go back to and see again. I mean, I'm I'm going to go back to it when it comes out on Disney+, Plus, but uh, I'll probably save stave off until, like, we see more of what's happening in phase five Mm. just because i guarantee you there'll be things in this film where it's like ah they they planted it in there they planted it Mm. there and it came back yeah yeah it definitely feels like that i would say it's is it a fucking knock out of the park like black panther wakanda forever was no because nothing was going to touch black panther wakanda forever for a while that one was the perfect storm of shit Mm -hmm. that all happened at once Mm -hmm. you know hell i would say that it didn't even take nearly as many crazy reckless creative swings as like a multiverse of madness or even a thor love and thunder which again are two movies that i think people are for some reason starting to think like oh those are the bad ones no they're not they're just the ones that try the most different things yes yeah (laughs) in fact the things that they do different is why i like them so much Mm -hmm. this this one you could argue plays it kind of safe in many ways 
It it does, but but I think it needed to. The first film of Phase Five, it's got to start setting up stuff for Kang. You know, mm-hmm. to, kind of telling Scott's story, like where he's at after all this big shit that's happened. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. But again, there's a lot to enjoy in this. If you liked the other two Ant-Man movies, I think you're going to like this. Just go in knowing that the trailer doesn't tell the whole story and that it thematically and, you know, vibe-wise, it actually is a lot closer to the first two Ant-Man movies than you might think. But is. Majors is great. Major Majors is almost entirely worth the price of admission just on his own. Yeah, he's, oh, he's fantastic. I can't wait to see him in Loki season two likewise likewise so uh yeah i guess with that we can start winding down the show then that's uh that's that do we have anything else to add anything else to say uh i don't think so no no yeah i guess that'll be it so uh thank you everyone for coming out hanging out we hope you had a lot of fun we hope you enjoyed the show as much as matt and i enjoyed bringing it to you as always if you're a patron you'll be able to get the video basically as soon as it's done we try and re-upload it as soon as we can over there in both video and audio format uh we'll be getting some clips up on the channel uh, in the next coming days or so. Maybe maybe I'll actually put these on YouTube short for a change. Like I said, I had an actual, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, someone actually look at my channel and tell me things that I should be doing. So <laughs> that might be a good thing. Apparently you can make money off that now. How about that? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Yeah, how about that? So those clips will be coming down the pipeline. Uh, the audio version goes live every Wednesday. I usually try and uh, coincide a clip with the link to the show. It's on SoundCloud. It's on uh, friggin' iTunes. It's on, you know, Google Podcasts. Again, I feel like I need to say this over and over again because some people aren't getting this information, even though I try and say it. But then it's like, yeah, but that's you say it live when all the people who always watch the show, the real diehards are watching. So they already know that. <laughs> it's the other people you got to try and uh, got to try and reach. I'm going to get some carrier pigeons next to carry out that news to as many people as I can. Yeah, yeah, some telegrams, yeah. Yeah, some telegrams. Uh, you got anything else going on, Matt? Anything else you want to promote while we're right here right now? Uh, not not at this moment, no. I've just, just been catching up on uh, on comic reviews. But uh, Superman mm-hmm. issue one starts this week. So I'm looking Ooh, forward to is it to this that. week? Nice, yes, this nice. Week. Yes. Should, should we do that too before we leave? Should we do the what's coming out this week? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. I'm just trying to think of because I looked at it like, couple of days ago i think it was like superman one i think i mean that's all i really give a shit about at the moment yeah so. <laughs> yeah I mean, for, for you that's all that matters and that's fine i totally get it uh hey we're using a league of super geeks for this which is actually a really great resource for comic people i've really fallen in love with these guys yeah they keep track of everything and even tell me who's in the issue Ooh. Uh, all right, so this week we're getting Nightwing 101. Looks Ooh. to be another story with him and the newly assembled Justice League. Mm-hmm. Well, Titans. We got, yeah, we got Flash 793, more one-minute war. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man 20. Oh, <laughs> okay, uh, your favorite. It? Yeah, my favorite. Uh, Batman Superman, World's Finest 12. Ooh, yay. Uh, Thor 31. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Superman 1, Deadpool 4, which I kind of fell off on, but I was kind of enjoying. Carnage 10, which, like I said, I'm actually getting up to date on that now. Expect a video on Crimson Court soon. Nice. Uh, Clayface One Bad Day comes out this week. Oh, that's still happening, that that event, not event thing? I think this is the last one. Yeah, okay. I want to say this is the last one. Uh, Deceased War of the Undead Gods 6 is this week. Oh, awesome. 
uh, a moral X-Men number one is this week, and it's literally just uh, it's sinister Emma Frost just choking the shit out of uh, regular Mister Sinister on the cover. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Uh, you got Doctor Afra, you got Yoda, we got Lazarus Planet Omega. So yes, Lazarus yeah. Planet actually ends. Oh, this thank week. God. <laughs> it felt like it would never uh -huh. end, <laughs> and it kind of didn't. Uh, Superman Space Age. Oh, uh, fuck yes. The third issue of that's come out. Hell yeah. Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, number one. Really? She's getting a oh, spinoff? Really? <laughs> eh, good for her, I guess. That Gargoyles book is going on. That Harley Quinn uh, Legion of Bats animated series. I almost feel like I should read that because it's, you know, it's going to be a long time in between that and uh, the new show. Mm. Punisher War Journal Base, number one. Okay, who's uh, that by? I don't know what that one's about. This looks like he's wearing the shirt from the new Punisher run. Okay. Oh, oh, it's uh, Torin Grobenbeck. It's the, oh, it's the Torin real Grobenbeck. Yeah. It's 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 the real Viking who is uh, writing Thor at the moment. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, I think she wrote another one before, actually. Yeah, that'll be fun. A woman writing Punisher. Yeah, I, I think she wrote the other one because there's this is like part of a series of weird like Punisher one shots that are like kind of tying in. Okay. To, uh, kind of tying into what uh, Zdarsky's doing, but not quite tying in. It's it's weird how they've chosen to do this. Cool. This is like what's happening in between, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's everything from this week. So yeah, pretty pretty big week. It's heating up again. Yeah, it's it's getting into it. Getting into it. So again, be sure to keep your eyes peeled to my channel and Matt's channel, and we're gonna try and keep you up to date on all of these things as they come out. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you everyone for watching and hanging out with us, and we'll be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. Yeah, catch you later, everyone. Yeah, catch you later, everyone. Bye bye.